The views on this program do not reflect those of ONTV or its board of directors. Welcome to OAA Now, your home for Oakland Activities Association news and information. Here's your host, Sammy Taramina. Welcome to OA Now here. I'm Sammy Terramina, blogger of Around the OAA, the host of Last Three Brain Cells, and one of the hosts of Between Tomatoes on Oriental Television. A lot to talk about this week, obviously. A lot of football, of course, going from week four of the season. Um, some really interesting games, really odd games, you know, that um, concluded this week. Um, you know, on Friday night, of course, um, one of the big ones, um, obviously, was the West Bloomfield win against Clarkston, um, 35-27. Um, now, I'm thinking about that one a lot because I've thought about that one. Um, more and more, when I think about that game, I mean, you kind of want to give Clarkston a pass in this one, even though, you know, when you look at the Wolves, I mean, like, you know, here's a team that, you know, they didn't have Mike Hine, their quarterback. He was out with an injury. Um and Steve McCossack, he did a really good job um, in a backup situation. Um, he had a really nice game for them. Um, I know West Bloomfield had a lot of attention shut down on Ethan Clark um, in that one. But West Bloomfield, you know, the really difference to play in that game was the play of Raekwon Nance, um, um, Kenny Jones, and Samaj Morgan, the big three over there at West Bloomfield. They've, they've really been putting this team um, on their backs, um, the play of Amir Herring and Brandon Davis Swan, um, up front. I mean, that's another, you know, that's another element of that. The line has been really good for West Bloomfield. Um, and then, you know, it's just a good football game. I mean, like Clarkson, I mean, West Bloomfield was up 35, 14 Clarkson attempted to come back. I mean, like they ended up getting it within 35, 27. That was your ball game there. Um, so when you look at Clarkston, you know, yeah, they sit two and two. Um, might want to give them a pass um, in that game. Just might want to give them probably a um, a pass for them. I think would make a lot of sense for them. Um, you know, when you look at Oxford and Stony Creek this week, obviously, um, you know, Stony was right there with them. I mean, they were in it with them. Um, it was thirty three. Um, it was thirty. I mean, thirty one seven. Um, in favor of Stony Creek, of course, um, Oxford just really, Oxford just really struggled in the second half. I mean, like it was seven, seven at the half, um, you know, but Stony Creek, they found their offense, of course, with, with them, with John Fogler. Um, he had a big game for Stony Creek. Um, I will be very curious to see how they do this week against Lake Orion. That's going to be a really interesting matchup. Um, but on Oxford's side, to me, bottom line is I think they're in trouble. I mean, when you really look at the Wildcats' schedule coming up, they still got to play Clarkson. You got to play West Bloomfield. You got to play Chippewa Valley. Um, that Those three games in it themselves are not going to be easy for Oxford um, going forward there. Um, so a lot, I think Oxford's in some trouble. Yes, they got a young team. But, you know, for them, I view for them, it's like it's trial by fire. Um, and... Right now, they're going through a storm right now. And, you know, if you're Coach Zach Line, you know, it's 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 hard for them right now, the way that they're playing right now um, when you look at it. Um, and then you have Lake Orion taking on um, Adams. Um, this game was 14-13 at one point. Um, and then the second half, um, Adams really just took over. Um, 
you know, and it started with that kickoff return and, you know, and then everything just went into a tailspin. Um, Parker Pico took over. Brady pre-scoring, um, scored two touchdowns. One of them was a very controversial one. I thought that should not have counted. I've looked at the replays. I've looked at several ONTV replays. Um, half his foot was out of bounds. Um, so, you know, so technically the score, you know, the score does say 42-21 on there, but to me it should have been like 35-21, you know, but but still, I mean, like Adams with the way that they played, Parker Pico had a nice game, Brady Prescore had a nice game. Um, Tate Pico played well. He had two touchdowns. Um, but I think a lot of the problems is on Lake Orion's side. And I think the bottom line is you got to look at the offense. Um, you want to get the defense a pass here. Um, and I'm going to be flat and honest with you with the defense. Um, they were on the field way too long. And you can't win games if your defense is on the field for a long certain amount of time. I mean, you can't win games like that. Um and then, you know, and, and, you know, they gave up. I mean, like, um, you know, they had, they were in, they were not helped by their offense all night. I mean, deep, I mean, the first snap of the game, I mean, the offense fumbles the ball and then Adams goes down and score three plays later. I mean, like, you know, the, you know, and the offense kind of put the defense in a really bad spot. And you look at the problems that this offense has. I mean, like, this offense, to me, it's too predictable. I mean, you know, where is the creativity? Where's the balance here? I mean, like, if you want to win games, you know, you got to have balance. And, you know, and what I saw Friday night was Lake Orion did not have that balance that they had the prior two weeks when when they looked good against Oxford. I mean, in Oak Park, I mean, like, they had that balance. I mean, it's clear to me when I look at this team, I mean, like, clearly you know, something was missing at that game. Something was clearly, clearly missing. I mean, where was the, you know, that competence, that swagger? I mean, where was that? I mean, you can't be, if you want to win games, and I think it's for every team in the OA, you can't be predictable. You, you just can't be. You know, you can't rely on the run just to win games. You know what I mean? You're going to have to throw the ball. I mean, that's honesty right there. If you throw the ball, you know, you can throw the ball and then run the ball. You know what I mean? That That is, if you do those two things well, you're going to have recipe for success. You look at the teams right now who have that balance. You look at West Bloomfield. You look at Clarkson. Clarkson has that balance. I mean, you look at Adams. Adams has that balance. I mean, right now in the red. I mean, like, you know, if you have that balance of, and then Stony Creek. I mean, like, you look at Stony Creek. I mean, like, Stony Creek's a run-heavy team, but... You know, they found some success. I mean, now, obviously, when you look at Stony Creek, the record says 3-1, and one, but you got to look at who they beat. I mean, like Detroit Mumper, they're struggling this year. Bloopy Hills has been struggling this year. Um, and then Oxford, they've been struggling this year. Of course, you know, you look at Lake Orange, who they played. I mean, obviously, Adams and Utica Eisenhower, that says a lot. Um, but you playing against Oak Park, a team that's, I, I think, has been getting real be- more improved the last every week they've, I've seen them play. I mean, 40 points against Harper Woods, that says a lot right there. But when I look at the problem Lake Orion has right now is it's predictability. You're too predictable on offense. That's really the problem. You know, when you, 
you know, and the difference in that game, I mean, yeah, Billy Roberson had two touchdowns off the same play, literally. I mean, you know, one for 80 and one for 85. I mean, like, but if I'm Lake Orion, I have got to be more creative offensively, but I also got to settle on a couple plays where, you know, where you're good at, where you're very good at. You look at the teams around the around the league, you know, when if you have a set of plays you're really good at, you know, it allows you to be really creative. I mean, like, you know, and I think that's where the problem is right now with the Dragons is this team's got to stop being too predictable offensively, you know, and then got to find ways to keep your defense off the field. I mean, like, that has been the big problem I have with Lake Orion, you know, the way that they played in that game against Rochester Adams. Now, Rochester Adams, obviously, you know, very experienced team. I mean, they're very experienced, but... Still, I mean, I really felt that that game Friday night was more about Lake Orion than it was about Rochester Adams. I mean, like, clearly, yes, I know Adams is coming off that loss to Clarkston. It was a 45-35 game. Um, now they got a big one looming West Bluefield. Um, so when I look at right now in the red, um, it is clear as day West Bluefield's the cream of the crop of the red. Then I think it's Adams. Um, yes, now Adams lost to Clarkston. Um, I mean, like, um, last week, I mean, like a couple weeks ago, I mean, like, so when you look at the crop, of the red, uh, it's West Bloomfield, then, Cl- then Adams, then Clarkston, um, right now. And then you got to look at, okay, it's right now. I would have to say Stony Creek right now is the better team than Lake Orion. And when you look at it from a talent perspective, I mean, like, I, I think the talent pool, I think Lake Orion's better talently athletic wise. But from a scheme standpoint, from a from a schematic standpoint, experience standpoint, it's Stony Creek. And right now, Stony Creek right now, I would say right now they're better than Lake Orion. I mean, like, and that and that says something. You know, and that's you know, it's hard to say, but I, I just think right now the way that everything's been going around. I mean, Stony Creek's three and one, Lake Orion's two and two. Yes, Lake Orion's played a tough schedule, but right now, you know, with everything that's going wrong right now, Stony Creek right now, I think right now it's that fourth best team. Then it's Lake Orion, then Oxford. I mean, that's what I'm seeing right now in the red. I mean, like, and it's, you know, now could it change? Absolutely. I mean, like, you know, being like, but right now, when you look at playoffs right now, um, the teams that sit three and one have a good chance right now. Um, I think Lake Orion's got some work to do at two and two. Um, I think Clarkson's look safe right now at two and two with their win against Southfield. That's a big win for them. At, that's helping them right now. Um, so when you look at the red right now, it's clearly to me West Bloomfield is right there. Lake Orion's got a lot of work to do. Oxford looks like they're the odd team out right now, especially with that schedule looming. Um, I think Adams, Clarkston, and um, Adams, Clarkston, um, Stony Creek are all in pretty good shape right now to um, at least, um, you know, they're, they're right now to be in the postseason right now. So that's my take on the red right now um, when you look at those teams. Um, let's go from the red to the white. Um, when you look at the white division, people say, okay, Southfield's a team on a mission. I mean, they looked really good against Rochester. Isaiah Marshall had three touchdowns, um, three passing touchdowns. In that game against Rochester, um, I mean, A&T's really, I think, the cream of the crop of the white division right now. Um, they're rolling right now. 
They're getting better. Isaiah Marshall's playing like the quarterback we all expected he would be. Um, defense is really starting to short things up a little bit, which is a good sign. Um, when I look at a and there's the 21-22 the points is still a little too much for me. Um, I would wish for A&T to um, really look at that, um, really look at the defense a little bit more in depth, um, and I think they will. Um, you know, but I'm curious to see where this defense goes going forward. Um, but there is a lot of competence right now with A&T um, as a team right now that they're the best team in the white. That's clear right now. Um, I think with A&T, um, they are, I mean, like, it's clear to them. Um, the second best team in the white is a real interesting one because you look at some teams in there. You got Groves in there. Groves has been starting to roll a little bit. They sit at a real nice spot at three and one. Um, coming off a real, they had to, they came off a real interesting one against Bloomfield Hills last week, 35-28. It was a heck of a game. I mean, C.J. Jackson basically kept Bloomfield Hills in that game. Um, Groves, obviously, the balance of the running attack. Um, I think when you look at Groves right now, to me, this is clear to me that they are the second best team in the white with the way that they're playing. Um, yes, people are going to say, well, what about that loss to Oxford? I mean, like in um, a couple weeks ago, well, you got to look at the Oxford game. Obviously, you know, Oxford was playing with a lot of emotion, a lot of, um, you know, and they, and they beat Groves, you know, they honestly, they beat Groves um, in that game. I mean, like they were, they were the team that wanted it the most against Groves. Um, so, but right now with Groves, they are rolling right now. They're clicking on all cylinders. Um, they are getting better each week. Um, I am very curious about this game this week for them with Groves against Southfield Arts and Tech. That is going to be a really interesting game over in Beverly Hills. Um, it'll be a good game. I really do think that. Um, and then you got to look at other teams in that division. Harper Woods, um, coming off a 53-40 win against Oak Park. Um, this was a shootout. I mean, halftime. It was 27-20 in favor of Harper Woods. I mean, you know, so it could it clearly tells me that this was an offensive shootout. Um, Jacob Oldham had a nice game for Harper Woods. Um, the Pioneers, you know, right now, they sit at 2-2. Two and two. Um, You know, you still you still can't get like a, um, a gauge of Harper Woods right now. You really can't with where they're at right now. I mean, like, I still need to see... You know, a little bit more with Harper Woods, um, with with the way that they're going through right now. Um, I just think with Harper Woods, I mean, like, there is really that, um, you know, with that, um, you know, they, they've got to find some more, I think, more energy. I think with Harper Woods, that's the bottom line. Um, I think with the Pioneers, um, the jury's still out on Harper Woods. I'm very curious to see where they're at. Big one looming for them this week against Rochester. Um, speaking of um, Rochester, um, you know, I'm going to talk Rochester in a minute. Um, let's look at the flip side with Oak Park. Um, Oak Park, to me, um, when I look at the Knights, um, they're getting better. I mean, yes, the record says 0-4. I mean, but you've noticed the points they're starting to put up offensively. They are putting up 40. They put up 40 last week against Harper Woods. That is a good number for them. Harper Woods traditionally is a good defense. They are traditionally a pretty good defense. Um, but 
For Oak Park, give up 53. That's not going to look good for Coach Greg Carter. Um, being a defensive junkie, I know that he is. Um, you know, and I, I, I really think with Oak Park, I mean, they're starting to turn things around a little bit, and I don't really want to play them in the middle to the end of the year. I mean, like, for me with Oak Park, the, the process is still there. Everything's, I think they're fine. I mean, I really think Oak Park is going to be okay. I mean, really the bottom line is I just think with the Knights, um, they're going to be okay. Um, and then let's look at Bloomfield Hills um, before I talk Rochester. Um, Bloomfield Hills, I thought Bloomfield Hills played much better than they'd had the last three weeks. And that's a good sign for Coach Dan Loria. Now, a lot of that has to be, do with the play of C.J. Jackson and also play Amon Taylor. Taylor and the Taylor-Jackson combination had a really nice game against Groves. Um, now, Jackson has been playing pretty well lately. I mean, like, Taylor had a nice game against Groves. So, you know, but still, to me, the biggest problem with Bloom Bay Hills is their lack of depth on defense. Um, I just think with them, you know, 35 is a little too much. Um, that's something that has to be addressed, um, obviously. So that's something to really, really look at with them um, going forward. Um, and then there's Rochester. Um, Rochester um, lost a tough one, to A&T 48-22. Um, I think the Warriors, you know, I, I just think the Warriors at were too much for them athletically. On that side of the ball, yes, Rochester's got experience. Obviously, Alex Bueno, Grant Cogano, and then, um, of course, from Jalen Bolden. Um, you knew it was going to be tough for Rochester. It was going to be tough for Coach Eric Vernon and his team going over to Rochester. It was going to be really difficult, to say the least. I mean, like, obviously, this is a team that's got a lot of momentum right now. But I'm curious to see where Rochester's at. They're in a crossroads a little bit. I, I really think with Rochester... They're in a bit of a crossroads, especially with where things are for them right now. Um, there's some things they got to fix, and I think they're going to fix some things, um, you know, real quickly. I mean, there's a couple games that we keep an eye on. We're going to be previewing the games coming up later on. So my initial thoughts in the white division, obviously, we mentioned this earlier. Um, Salford Arts and Tech, to me, is the best team in this division. And it's clearly the fact they are. Obviously, they played by Theo Marshall. You got Todd Brachable. Um, they've got some balance offensively. They've, they've figured a way to clean up on their de on the defense side of the ball, even though that I really don't think that their defense is as good, you know, but they're, they're better than they were considering where they were at. Um, and their defense has gone, has come a long way. I mean, from giving up 56 to, um, you know, giving 62 to Clarkson to giving up 54 against Detroit Cast Tech. Um, their defense has come a long way. And right now, to me, they are clearly the best team in this division. Um, Groves, I would say right now, is the number two team right now. Um, just with the way that they're playing. I mean, yeah, they're out to a three and one start. Um, now people are gonna say, well, what about the fact they've they've knocked out North Farmington, they've knocked out Bluebeal Hills. I mean, they're I mean, they're only lost to Oxford. We're going to know a lot about Groves this week when they play a and I mean, like, I am very curious to see how that game's going to go. Um, and then I think Rochester, and Rochester's the third best team right now. I trust them offensively a little bit more than Harper Woods. Um, Harper Woods is my fourth team right now, then followed by, um, you know, followed by Oak Park, then Bloomfield Hills. Um, I just think Oak Park is a little bit better, 
more balanced. I think, you know, just the experience that they've had in, the, in this division, Bloopy Hills, uh, yes, they got T.J. Jackson, quarterback, Amon Taylor. Um, I, I'm curious to see how that game's going to look this week between those two teams. But when I look at clearly the top team in the white right now is, it is right now, it is um, Soffit Arts and Tech. So we'll see how that happens, that goes. So that's my take on the white. Um, let's go to the blue now. I mean, when you look at the blue, I mean, some crazy, crazy things have happened. Um, just some crazy games that occurred. I mean, the Farmington Cup, that was a wild and crazy game over there at Farmington between North Farmington and Farmington. Um, Seaholm has really been rolling people. Um, and then you look at, of course, Troy. They're quietly moving along, um, sitting at 3-1. and one. Um, Let's talk Seaholm first. I mean, this is... A, if there was a team that would do a classic turnaround, this is it. And I've said this before the season started. I knew Seaholm was going to be good. I knew that this team was going to be very good. And they have shown me, you know, that the capabilities that they're going to look like. And they have proven it. Coach Jim Ewald's team has become a proven contender. They are a proven team. You have both Kinney brothers. You have, I think, Colton's a quarterback. You have Grayson, I think, the other one. Um, but both Kinney brothers have been playing absolutely outstanding football. They have been just playing awesome for Seahome. And you look at that game against Troy Athens. They shut down, they shut out Troy Athens 35-0 Friday night in the fourth. They shut them out. You know, now a lot of that, obviously, yeah, Troy Athens didn't have their quarterback. But still, you know what I mean? That's And Troy Athens, they've been on a tear lately until the last few weeks. Um, but the way Seaholm's playing, that the veer is in full effect there. Um, I'm telling you, fans, fans and students in Birmingham, you know, you got to love what the Maples are doing. You got to love what Coach Jim D. Wells is doing. This is a team that, this is a team that is worth watching. This is a team I think it's going to be a sleeper come postseason time. Um, I think Seahome right now, the way that they're playing, they're rolling people right now. And that's a good sign for them going forward. Um, so when you look at the Maples, they're rolling right now. They are absolutely rolling right now. And I don't, and yeah, they got a big one North Farmington this week. I mean, I'm curious to see how that game's going to go. I mean, could there be an upset possible? Maybe. But right now with the way Seahorn's playing, I don't see anybody, maybe Groves on that schedule, that could give them any that could give them some trouble. I mean, they just put 63 on Avondale a couple weeks ago. I mean, they've been playing really well. I mean, yes, their two tough games are coming up. I mean, they gotta play. I mean, three games are coming up. They gotta play Farmington. You still gotta play Troy, and you still gotta play um. North Farmington this week. I mean, those are going to be three critical games for you. So for Seaholm, they got some battles looming ahead. Um, and then let's look at who I think is the second best team in this division. It's Farmington. Um, how do I describe Dominic Pesci and um, Camp Petaway? To me, what they did against North Farmington, especially tying it up late in that game, um, getting a touchdown late, 
and then Pesci winning it um, with the quarterback run. I mean, like, you look at Farmington, and I'm going to be flat-out honest with you. And I know that um, Coach Ishan Albright, you know, is going to agree with me here on this. They should be a 4-0 team right now. Instead, they sit 3-1. and Now, it helps them, you know, they, they got some games ahead. They got that Seahome game, Loom. That's a big one for them. The Troy game is an absolute big one for them as well. But when you look at the way Farmington's playing, you got proven playmakers on offense. You have a, a senior quarterback in Dominic Pesci who's played really well. Cam Petaway has really excelled at running back. And you got, this team's got proven playmakers everywhere. So when I look at Farmington and looking at this team, they could surprise some people. To me, Farmington is probably the most dangerous team in this division. People are going to say, well, what about Seaholm? Yeah, Seaholm's got some tough games looming ahead. But so does um, so does Farmington. But Farmington, what they did against North Farmington, um, you know, exposed their defense. Pesci played well. Um, but I'm going to be curious to see where this team goes from here on out. I mean, like, I, I wish it, I mean, if they played Ipsley Lincoln again, I think they have that game back. They sh- I mean, like, they should have won that game against Ipsley Lincoln. That's how I feel about Farmington. Um, on the flip side, you have North Farmington. I mean, this is a tough loss for the Raiders. I mean, really is. I mean, Thomas Babovich came back. Um, he had a really good game for them at quarterback last week. Um, for North Farmington, you know, the schedule gets tougher from here. They got Seaholm. You still got to play Lake Orion. You still got to play, um, you know, I mean, like that schedule is absolutely brutal for far, for North Farmington. Um, yes, Ryan Shelby coming back. That'll be, that should help them. But I'm not sure the direction where Coach John Herstein is going with this team. Um, considering where they're at right now, they're one and three right now. Um, yes, they played a tough schedule, but you know, for North Farmington, it's about winning games for them. I mean, bottom line is you got to start winning games. And right now, when I look at the Raiders, um, this team's in some trouble. They got to start winning some games. Um, I mean, obviously you have, um, you have, um, you have Coleman there at running backs. You play receiver as well. Um, but to me, the biggest problem for North Farmington, it's not their offense. It's their defense. Um, and it's been pretty evident. I mean, the 33 against North, uh, 33 last week against, um, against North, against some um, Farmington, um, the game where they gave up over 60 against Caledonia. That was rough to watch. Um, so North's got some issues they got to address, especially on the defense side of the ball. If they can get that addressed, I think you can turn this thing around real quick. Um, then there's Troy. Um, Troy is the most quietest three and one team in the entire league right now. Now the teams that they beat, you know, obviously I thought Ferndale was the biggest one. The big was the most testy team for them. Yes, they lost to North Farmington, but the schedule gets really tough for them coming up. I mean, you look at who Troy's got to play. I mean, you got to play Seaholm. You got to play Farmington. You got to play Troy Athens. I mean, those are not going to be easy games for Troy. I mean, I'll tell you that much right now. Those are not going to be easy games for them. Um, 
Yes, I mean, like, so their offense has really got to pick it up. I mean, their defense, they've relied a lot on that defense to carry them in games. I mean, the 12 points they allowed against Fernando was the most they allowed this season. I mean, that tells you something right there. I mean, you know, I mean, like, their defense has been, their defense has been solid, but they got to get more offensively. If they can get more offensively, then I think Troy could really surprise some people. But right now, they're just playing it vanilla offensively. Defensively, this is where they've been really good. Um, and it's been showing. Um, so when I look at Troy, you know, vanilla offense, they've got to be more creative on that side of the ball. Um, maybe get Darius Whiteside more involved in that. Um, very curious to see where they go from there. Um, and then there's Troy Athens. I mean, Athens coming off a rough stretch. They're going through it. They don't have their quarterback right now. Um, so that's why it's been really difficult for them. Um, so when I look at Troy Athens, um, I think they're going to be okay. Um, they've got to get some things fixed. I mean, yes, they sit at two and two right now. Um, big one looming Royal Oak coming up. Um, but they've got to get some things fixed. They got to get some things turned around real quick. If they can do that, I think this is a team that can get this turned around real quick. Um, so far, when I look at the blue, um, reviewing the blue, obviously, you got them. Um, I still think Seahome's the best team in this division, considering where they've been. Um, they've been on a tear. Um, you know, the Veer's been in full effect. Um, and then you have Farmington, I think, is the second best team in that division. Um, North Farmington, to me, is the third best team. Yes, North sits at one and three, but they have played a tougher schedule than Troy. Um I just think that the Raiders right now in the blue, I think they're a little bit better than people think they are, um, despite the record. Um, they haven't really been healthy yet, so I still think North is the third best team in that division. Um, and then you have Troy, who sits at one, at three and one right now. Um, defensively, they're playing solid. Offensively, this is where they need work. Um, and then... Troy Athens right now, um, they sit in the, um, I think it's the um, last place team right now in the um, blue division, especially with the, um, but I think they're going to be fine. So I got a lot of confidence in Coach Tom Cook to get this, um, to get the Red Hawks turned around. So I think that'll be something to really look at with Troy Athens um, going forward there. Um, let's go now from the blue division. Let's go to the gold. Um, you know, there was some parrot clarity a little bit that I've seen right now. Um it's still a mess. The gold is obviously. Um, Ferndale was in it with Troy, um, even though they lost that game to Troy, seventeen twelve, with a heck of a game on Troy's homecoming. Um, I really like where where Ferndale's at, despite the despite the one and three starts. I mean, I really like where this team is at. Um, I mean, like, but that one win though is a league win, so. That's what matters here for Ferndale. I mean, like, they still got to play Berkeley. You still got to play Avondale. Um, you got that win against Royal Oak. That's a big deal. Um, you played a tougher schedule. So if you coach Eric Royal, I'm not pressing the panic button yet, but I think you're going to be okay. And I think really when I look at the Eagles, um, you know, yes, you lost that game to Troy. You really want that game back. But I really think at the long haul, the division's still right there for you. I mean, I really think that division is right there. So we'll see what happens. I mean, like, but for Ferndale, I think they're going to be okay. 
Um, everything will be just fine for them. Um, you know, they got enough experience. Um, we'll see where they're at. Um, Avondale coming off a big win against Berkeley, 35-6. Um, there's two sides to every story. With Avondale, it was a nice bounce back after giving up 63 to Seaholm a few weeks ago. Uh, Berkeley, that's a whole nother animal. Um, when I look at, when I look at, um, Avondale, J Tyler Herzog's been playing pretty well for Avondale lately. He's been playing pretty well. Um, I think when you look at the Yellow Jackets, the way that they are, um, they are, they're playing pretty well. I mean, you know, I mean, yes, they sit at two and two right now. Um, you know, but it was nice for them to get into the win column, get back the Get back the thick of things. You still control your league destiny right now in this division. Um, you know, bottom line is way Avenel's playing. You know what I mean in the division. If you can win the gold, that that's all matters for you. I mean, you know, when you look at this division, um, really, you know, for Avondale, I mean, like, um, you know, they're they're fine right now. They're okay. Um, so that's how I view with Avondale. Um, let's look in the flip side here. You got Berkeley. I don't know how to start with Berkeley because here was a team that I had a lot of expectations with. I had a lot of expectations coming into the year with them. And here's a team that just does not, they just don't have the balance that they had from last year. You know, yes, I think missing Jake Domowski has really hurt this team. I think the quarterback situation is still a mess. I think your defense is a complete disaster. How do you explain this? 47 to Milan? You give up 35 to Avondale? I mean, you gave up 28 to Pontiac. Your defense is a nightmare. I, I mean, I knew the concerns. Even Coach Sean Shields on our podcast, we talked about the concerns about the defense. I didn't think it would be this bad. You know, you look at that team, the line, you look at players like David Rollins. You know, I was expecting big things from him in their big line. They haven't produced. Savad Daniels at running back. He hasn't produced. I mean... You look at this team, you know, the numbers don't lie. Stats don't lie. It's clearly been a disappointing season at Berkeley. Clearly. And your division hopes took a big hit because of Los Avondale. I mean, you have Ferndale still to play. You have to play Royal Oak. I mean, you're one and one right now in the league. I mean, you're a game behind both Ferndale and, and Avondale. You've already lost to Avondale. So, their league hopes right now, I think, was damaged. You know, with that loss to Avondale. And the fact that, the, and that score, 35-6, to six, what does that say to me? What does that say to me? You know, so with Berkeley, my thoughts have been, is this. <clears throat> if you want to win, you have to knock off Ferndale, you have to knock off Royal Oak. You know, 
But right now, I don't know if I see that right now. I don't know. Because you haven't proven to me that you can turn this around quickly. You haven't done that. Your defense has been bad. Bottom line. Stats don't lie. Numbers don't lie. You know, that's where you're at right now. That's how I'm viewing Berkeley right now. Um, let's go Royal Oak. Um, Royal Oak got the first win um, on their homecoming against Pontiac, 42-20 on um, Friday night. It was a good win for Coach Justin Truitt and his team. Um, I think they're starting to turn things around a little bit. Um, I think with Royal Oak, obviously, Mekhi Jenkins, um, he had a nice game against Pontiac. Um, I mean, Royal Oak's starting to develop some depth, which is a good sign for them. I mean, great sign for them going forward. Um, but when you look at Royal Oak, I, I think with them, um, you know, yes, they had those two tough losses early against Farmington and Holly. Um, and then they had that, um, you know, they still, they still control their own destiny. I think Royal Oak still does control their own destiny. If they can at least, you know, they got to knock off Berkeley. You got to not, I mean, I mean like, but right now, but with Royal Oak right now, they sit 0-1, um, one-on-one, my bad, one-on-one in league. You're off league this week. You got Troy Athens coming up. That's a tough game for you. Um, but if they can win that Troy Athens game, that's a statement win for you. You know, that would be a statement win for Coach Justin Truitt. Um, we'll see how that goes. But Royal Oak right now, homecoming night, getting their first win of the year. That is a big deal for you, for them, um, especially for, for especially for Coach Justin Truitt. Um, first win as a head coach. Um, you know, it looks like Royal Oak's starting to turn things around a little bit over there. Um, so we'll see what happens with them going forward there. Um, and then there's Pontiac. Um, you know, Pontiac right now is 0-4. I'll tell you what. Um, I think this team's getting better. I mean, when you look at the numbers lately, um, 20, I think they're averaging about 22, um, 25 points a game. That's actually not bad for the last two weeks if you're Pontiac. I mean, like, considering where they have been, um, I really like where Coach Ken Wade is, has this program at right now. Defensively, it's probably going to be where I really think that that has to be the next step for Pontiac to see if they can improve on that area defensively. Um, now, when you look at, I mean, you're losing. I mean, you're losing games. I mean, like, I mean, you're giving up still way too many points. I mean, forty-two points is still too high. Um, but you're scoring at least. You're scoring twenty-eight. You score twenty against Berkeley. You score twenty points against Royal Oak. Um, you know, so I really like the direction that Pontiac's going right now. I mean, like, that's how I'm looking at it with them. Um, I think they can get things fixed. I really do. I mean, we'll see what happens them going forward. Um, my thoughts of the gold right now. Um, clearly right now, is, I it, when you look at the gold right now, it's a two-team race between Avondale and Ferndale. Um, I think Avondale's a little bit better than Ferndale this year. Um Based on experience, but but Ferndale's right there in the mix. I mean, like I think Ferndale, despite their two and two or one and three record, um, I think they're getting there. Avondale sits at two and two. Um, right now, I would say Royal Oak right now was better than Berkeley, and that says a lot. 
you know, right there. I think Roy Oak right now on paper looks better than Berkeley. And, you know, you know, and that's, and, you know, for Bears fans, you know, that's a tough pill to swallow. But I'm telling you right now, I think Royal Oak right now is better team than Berkeley. Um, then it's Berkeley, then it's Pontiac. So, you know, so that's what I'm looking at after week four in this division. So we'll see what happens going forward there. Okay, now we're going to preview um, week number f- five this week. Of course, there's some really interesting games around the league um, that we got to talk about. Um, you know, when you look at, we're going to look at the gold first. Um, I think, you know, when you look at this one here early, you got Avondale taking on Pontiac. Um, this game looks to be a complete mismatch on paper, and it looks like it is considering where Avondale had a big win against Berkeley last week. Pontiac, of course, has been, they have been playing better. They've been playing much better football schematic-wise, but I just don't know. You know, I see Avondale scoring a bunch of points in this game against Pontiac. I just think that, um, but I think Pontiac is a Pontiac could surprise some people in this game. I mean, I think I expect Pontiac to keep it close. Um, but I'm gonna take the Yellow Jackets in this game. It's at it's at Avondale. Um, it's gonna be a tough chore for Pontiac um, to knock off Avondale. It's gonna be really interesting to see what happens there. Um, but I just think Avondale a little too much for um, Pontiac in this game. Um, let's look at Ferndale and Berkeley. This is a critical, crucial game for the Bears. It's the first time and I think in about four years that these two teams have gone against one another, these neighborhood rivals. Um, this is a monster game for Berkeley. If you want to think about your league hopes, if you want to think about your championship inspirations, and even postseason hopes. There was a lot of expectations about Berkeley coming into the year. They have not met them. They have not met them. And then you look at Ferndale's case. Yes, you sit one and three. You played a tough schedule. But you've knocked off. I mean, Royal Oak, that win against Royal Oak, that's a big deal for you. You could have easily been 0-4. Or maybe at best 2-2 two and two if you could have knocked on. Or maybe 3-1. and one. I mean, you've lost the last. I mean, you lost three games by a combined seven points. I mean, you... I mean, I mean, you lost two games by a combined six points, and then you won one by one point. So, you look at this matchup here, you know, this is a critical game for Berkeley if they want to turn things around. <laughs> for Ferndale, if you want to keep your record at 2-0, and your league record at 2-0, and you have to win this game. I like Ferndale in this game for a couple reasons. Because of the experience... Because of, you know, I, I trust Coach Royal's team more a little bit right now. I mean, yes, Berkeley's got some athletes, especially up front. I mean, they're athletic. I think they're gonna give they're gonna give Berkeley problems. Berkeley just doesn't defend well. I mean, Berkeley, I mean, I can expect Ferndale to score in bunches this week against Berkeley. Especially if Berkeley doesn't can't play defense real well. And then and then for um, Berkeley, you know, you're going to have to be more creative offensively. If you can, you know, this is where I think you have to be more creative offensively. I mean, like for Berkeley. So that's something to really look at. So I'm going to take the Eagles in this one over the Bears um, with the way that they're playing right now. 
Um, we got Royal Oak at Troy Athens. Um, this one's interesting because these are two teams that are, you know, Troy Athens is two and two. Royal Oak is one and three. Royal Oak's coming off a good win against Pontiac on their homecoming. I think this is Troy Athens' homecoming, and it is. Um, you look at this matchup here. You got Makai Jenkins going against the Troy Athens defense. You know, yes, they gave up 35 last week. Um, Royal Oak, I'm curious to see up front. That matchup in the Battle of the Trenches, that's going to be critical. Um, also, the distractions of homecoming, could, could, it affect, could it affect Troy Athens? I don't know. And also, does Troy Athens, can they have their quarterback come back? That is the big-time question. So when you really look at it here, I think, you know, this is this is a pick'em game. I think this is a pick'em. So when you look at this matchup here, and and there's a lot of things you gotta look at here. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take Troy Athens here just because they're at home. Uh, but don't be surprised if Royal Oak does upset Troy Athens. It wouldn't surprise anybody if that were the case. Um if they did, I mean, obviously, Mekhi Jenkins there. Um, but I, I got a lot of confidence in Troy Athens. I think that they can they can get this done here. I think they can knock off Royal Oak. Um, it'll be a big, big win for them if they can get it. So we'll see what happens with them going forward there. But I, I like Troy Athens in that game against Royal Oak um, in that one. Um, Farmington and Troy. I mean, like, this is going to be at, um, at Troy. Um, I do remember the game last year, Darius Whitesides. Um, um, I think he had a touchdown against Farmington last year. It was on TV 10 here, a touchdown or a pick. Um, I got, I just don't remember that. But Troy's going to have to score points in this game. I mean, they're going to have to score points if they're going to want to win this game against Farmington. Farmington's on a mission offensively. Dominic Pesci's been really good. Um, Camp Petaway's been really good. Their line has been really good. I mean, that team in general has been very good. Um, I don't trust Troy offensively. Uh, defensively, I think they can keep, um, they're going to keep maybe in, for, in it for about maybe three quarters. But I just think without an offense to supplement that defense, um, I've got to take Farmington in that one because of the fact that Farmington can balance it out both offensively and defensively. I just don't trust Troy offensively. Um, I know Troy likes to win games via defense and kicking game. Of course, Zach Pinoza is a very good punter. Um, so we'll see what happens there, but I'm going to take Farmington that one over Troy. Um, it will be a really, really interesting one to keep an eye on there in that one. Um, and then you have, um, you have, um, North Farmington and Seaholm. This is going to be really interesting. There's a couple reasons why I think this is interesting. Because of the fact that you look at you look at the Maples with the way that they've been playing. They have been on a terror. They have been dominant. They have played excellent football. They have been dominant. I mean, yes, you look at, I mean, people are going to say, look at the wins that they've had. I mean, they've knocked off UD Jesuit. They've knocked off, um, that was a big deal at the time. I mean, they have won some games. They knocked off Bloomfield Hills in week one. That's a statement win against a, a team that's in the upper division. I mean, you knock off UD Jesuit as a Catholic power. I mean, 
you really look at what this team has been doing. I mean, Seaholm has been on a tear, especially the Kinney brothers. I am very curious to see what the North Farmington defense, especially their defensive coordinator, what they're going to do in this game against a very good, uh, against the Veer and also against the Kinney brothers. I am very curious to see what Coach John Herstein is going to do in this game. Um, they got North Farmington looked so much better last week than they did against Troy. I mean, yes, Thomas Bolovich coming back, that is a big deal. I mean, I mean, yes, they felt like they gave that game away over at Farmington last week. And, you know, when you look at it, I, I felt like, you know, they did give that game away last week. I mean, obviously, you know, when you look at, obviously, when you, the way the Farmington Cup went in that game, I mean, obviously, um, you know, seeing Farmington kids get the Farmington Cup, that was a big deal for them. Um, knocking off North Farmington and knocking off Coach John Hurstein for the first time in three tries. Um, that says a lot over there. So, North Farmington should come in this game motivated. Now, I don't know the injury situation with Ryan Shelby yet. I don't know if he'll come back or not. Um, that's a big question. So, when I look at this game here on paper, the game is in the force. It's at the Maple Forest. So, this is a matchup where I think that I, I really like Seaholm in this game because of the veer. Being at home being at home also helps being in front of the forest. Um if the game were at Ron Holland Field, um, I think it would have been it would have flipped to North Farmington. But but I just think that the game is gonna I, I just think at the end of the day, I just I like Seaholm in that game against North Farmington. I just think the Maples are gonna be um they're on a mission the way they're playing right now. Coach Jim D. Wall has that team rolling. Um, they're a team I don't think anybody wants to see right now in that blue division. So I'm going to take the Maples over the Raiders in this game. Um, it's going to be close. It's going to be close, but that's going to be where I'm, I think it's going to happen there. Um, let's go now from the blue to the white. Um, you got, you got Bloomfield Hills taking on, um, yeah, Bloomfield Hills. I mean, like they are taking on Oak Park, um, this is going to be a very interesting game. Clash two different styles. Um, I think this could be a, a shootout game in the making. Um, but Bloomfield Hills, obviously, yes, they got four-game homestand coming up here. Um, but Oak Park, the way they've been playing, they're on a mission right now. I think this is the week they get their first win of the year. Um, I like what they've been doing. They're improving offensively. I don't trust Bloomfield Hills defensively. Um... On the flip side, C.J. Jackson, I'm on Taylor. have been playing really well lately. Um, but I just really feel like in that game, I just think Oak Park, um, the way that Darnell Boone's been playing, um, they've got playmakers. Um, I'm going to take the Knights here on the road. I think they get their first one of the year. Um, and I think it's going to be pretty convincingly. So we'll see what happens there in that game there. Um, Harper Woods travels to Rochester. I'm not sure if this is Rochester's homecoming or not. Um, but I expect this is going to be a tight game because Rochester obviously has got Alex Blano, Grant Calgano, Jaden Bolin. Um, on the flip side, Harper Woods with Jacob Bolin. Um, they got others as well. Um, I think this is going to be a classic style game, game. And the reason why I say a classic style game is because you look at... You look at Harper Woods, of course, they want to start fast. They want to play fast. Rochester, 
you know, they got experience, obviously, with Bueno, a quarterback. Um, they got, I, I mean, when I look at this on paper here, you know, obviously, when you look at Rochester's, um, you know, Rochester, you know, they're a team that, they're a good team. I think they're going to give some problems. I really think they're going to have Harper Woods problems. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are going to pick Harper Woods in this game. They're going to pick the Pioneers to win this one. But I'm going to go to the other side. I'm going to take Rochester because I think the Falcons really are a team that, you know, experience matters here. They're close. Yes, they're one and three. Harper Woods is two and two. But I just think that Rochester being at home, that's a big deal for them. Harper Woods having to travel north from eight mile into um north into um center Oakland County. Um, I think that's gonna be very interesting. I think they're gonna be staying on Libanoi basically all all the way up north. So it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens here in this game between Harper Woods and um Rochester. But I'm gonna take Rochester in this one. Close than the experts think. Um it's gonna be a heck of a game between those two teams. And then you have A and T taking on Groves. To me, this is this is this should be a good game in Beverly Hills if things go right. Um, but again, I mean, like I don't trust Groves' defense against A and T's offense. Um, I just think that A and T's gonna really roll in this game. Um, Isaiah Marsh is gonna have a big game here. Um, question for me is: Can Groves slow the game down? And basically, if Groves slows the game down, keeps that vaunted offense off the field, then I'm gonna take. I mean, like, then a possible upset could Brewer. I mean, like, so we'll see in this one. But I think at the end of the day here, I'm going to take A&T pretty convincingly um, over Groves in Beverly Hills. Um, and if that is, the division race is likely over. Um, and A&T right now would be reigning supreme of the white division. Um, let's go now to the white, to the red. Um, Clarkson, Oxford at Clarkson. I think this is Clarkson's homecoming this week. Um, Oxford's in a, they've really been struggling. Um, the score, they're a young group this year. They are struggling big time. Um, and you know, you're looking at Clarkston. Clarkson's coming off a tough loss to, um, to West Bloomfield. Um, Mike Hine, a quarterback, um, he should be back for this game. I thought Stephen Kosnack, he did a really good job last week against West Bloomfield, despite the circumstances. Um, I still don't trust that defense, but, you know, I think Clarkson's defense will probably, you know, I think they'll be better this week. I think playing in front of the home folks is going to help them out big time. Um, so, you know, I'm going to take Clarkson a blowout pretty convincingly. Um, I really like where the Wolves are at. Um, so I'm going to take Clarkson pretty convincingly. Um... Maybe like a 45-7 game, maybe 31-7 type of game, like what happened last week in Stony Creek. Um, so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the um yeah, so I'm gonna take the um the wolves in that one. Um Lake Orion against Stony Creek. This is a big game for both teams. It's Stony Creek's homecoming. Stony Creek is rolling right now. They've knocked off some really good teams. I mean, they knocked out some good teams. I mean, Detroit run. Well, actually, Lake Orient's played a very tough schedule. Stony Creek, I don't know with them because they knocked off Detroit Mumford. They knocked off Blue Bay Hills. They knocked off Oxford. Lake Orient's a much different animal than um than those three teams. 
Um, they lost to West Bloomfield. Um, but they did put up 23 in that game. Lake Orion is coming off probably one of the worst games I've seen them play in a long time against Rochester Adams. Didn't look good offensively. Basically, the defense was left out to dry numerous times. Um, if Lake Orion can figure things out offensively, and they have the playmakers to do it, you have players like Billy Roberson, Tristan Hill. Um, I think, as I mentioned last week, the key is going to be the receivers. Can Caleb Jones step up and make a big play? Can Dorian Hill step up and make a big play? If this team, and the key is the offensive line, if Lake Orion can do those things offensively, and Stony Creek's got a good defense. I mean, Gary Griffin's got one of the best defenses in the entire league. Stony Creek's going to likely run the ball with Cam Fogler. I mean, like, with Fogler. I, I mean, he's a very good back. I mean, like, but they got some balance, too. They got a very good lineman in Jacob Kradzik. He's a very good lineman. Um, I just think, and Stony Creek should be motivated. They lost to Lake Orion last year. That game likely caught, that game, I thought cost them a trip to the playoffs. And you look at, it's Stony Creek's homecoming. It's this week. So there's that distraction. I have a lot of confidence in Coach Nick Merle that he's going to get this team ready. To get them ready to go. The armor up culture, I know that culture. But when I look at this game, Lake Orion should be in a flat out angry mood going in there. They should be. I think athletic, athletically, if Lake Orion, if Lake Orion becomes predictable, that's a problem. I think Coach Chris Bell opens things up this week, and I think Lake Orion wins this game. I think they're going to win this game because I think Billy Roberts is going to have a big game. I think Tristan Hill is going to have a big game. But I think a guy, I think Dorian Hill is due for a big game. And I think this is the game for him to do it. So, <laughs> I've got Lake Orion close in this one. But this offense cannot be predictable if Lake Orion has a chance to win this game. And that would be a big deal here because it's a big game for both teams. Considering where they, um, where both teams want to go in that postseason. And then the last game we got is West Bloomfield at Rochester Adams. This is a rematch. Adams coming off a good win against Lake Orion. West Bloomfield just beat Clarkson last week. Um, I just think if it comes down to a game of attrition, I got to take the Lakers in this one. Um, and I think they're motivated. Um, but it's hard to go against Parker Pico and Adams, especially with what happened last year. But Adams, when motivated, Adams can play really well. Um, you know, I've been studying this game. I think this is going to be tight throughout. Um, I'm going to take West Bloomfield in this game barely because I think Kenny Jones has a big game here against that defense, but I don't think it, but if, but if from Raekwon Nance gets the ball, Samaj Morgan, look out. I think Samaj Morgan shows why he is a Mr. Football candidate in the state of Michigan. I think he goes nuts in this game. It don't be surprised. He has three touchdowns in this game. I wouldn't be surprised. I think West Bluefield wins this game based off attrition and motivation. That's how I'm looking at that game. So, 
Those are my thoughts for the week, heading into the week. So I wish everybody the best of luck this season, um, this week. Um, keep an eye on the Saginaw Bay 4650 at blogspot.com for the latest information heading into the season. Okay, now I'm going to sign off here. Take care. God bless. And I'll see you all next week, everybody.